We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Thursday, February 13th. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. James, uh, this is going to shock you, but we have a lot to get to today uh, as we head into the All-Star break. Just two games on the NBA schedule Thursday night. Uh, Thunder at Pelicans, Clippers at Celtics, uh, but the majority of the league already looking toward the All-Star break. Alex and I kind of did a full preview of All-Star Weekend on yesterday's pod, so if you're looking for that, uh, just go give that a listen. I want to use this opportunity now as we head into basically a full week without any meaningful games to kind of do a reset on our preseason over-under predictions. And I, I did a cursory look today as, as we were doing our research and setting things up. I don't think we're going to be as bad as last year. I know you beat me by, I think, two or three picks last year in terms of just uh, right or wrong. I, I know I was definitely under 500. I think you were right around 500. Uh, but things are looking a little bit better this year. I've definitely cut down on my just completely egregious picks. Uh, I think I only have like two of those this time cool. around. Uh, so progress. we'll start with that. What? Progress. Yeah, progress. Uh, we'll start with that. We'll get into a little midseason All-NBA talk, finish out with uh, a couple futures bets. But let's begin with the Atlanta Hawks, who won 29 games last year. This number opened at 33 and a half. They are currently at 15 wins. They're on pace for 22 wins. You and I both took the over. Yeah, I think at least myself, I, I overestimated how much 
just Trey Young could propel a team to wins. Like I sort of thought, and I made this mistake with another team. We'll we'll get to uh, basically just overrated. You know, there's there's certain players like Giannis or LeBron or Harden where they're just going to take a team to a certain level, Ilyasova, kind of, yeah. regardless of who's around them. Uh, Trey Young not in that category, even though you know the the statistical output offensively has been extremely impressive. Uh, part of it, I think to go with that is that he's playing with some sub replacement level players just because of the situation the Hawks are in. And I, I knew that kind of going in that like, I, it's not like I thought uh, their rookies were going to be average NBA players this year. Uh, but that, that's a huge factor here is that he's played a lot of this. He's, you know, a lot of their guys have missed some time, but when, even when they're at full strength, it's basically been Trey young, Kevin Herter, and John Collins as the only mm-hmm. average NBA players, let alone above average. Yeah, I mean, this one's basically cooked. I mean, they're mathematically, I guess it is possible, but they would need to go on just an absolutely ridiculous run, and that's that's not going to happen, even with Clint Capella getting into the mix. They're actually three games worse at the 56-game mark than they were last season, which I did not see coming. It's, I mean, it's it's just one of those reminders that just having competent NBA players matters and when you go from just this guy's not good, but he's just a, he knows what he's doing. When you go from a guy like that to someone like Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter, it's it's a bigger hit, I think, than a lot of people just think on the surface. Mm-hmm. The Boston Celtics currently sitting at thirty-seven and sixteen. They are on a fifty-seven win pace. Their number was forty-eight and a half. You and I both took the over on this one. I, I think it's safe to say we feel pretty good about it. Yeah, absolutely, and they've been playing even better lately. They've gotten healthy. I think that they were right to kind of stand pad at the deadline, just given what was available to them and just the complications with their contracts and matching stuff. I think that this is a fascinating team entering the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I would not. They're they're definitely one of the teams I could see coming out of the East if everything breaks right for them. They have a very unique uh, lineup where they can go – with just this five-man small lineup that I just love. They can go with Dice at center and, and mm-hmm. sit one of those guys too. And uh, Once they got pieces that actually fit what Brad Stevens wanted to do, I think it, it really kind of took off once they got Kyrie out of there. and mm-hmm. um, I, They haven't missed Al Horford at all. Uh, I think they're even on a better pace than I would have expected at this point. Yeah, I mean, you have I'm looking at your notes here from back in September or October when we did our first podcast on these, and you you wrote if they had any semi decent centers, I'd expect them to win mid fifties. And I would argue they still. I mean, Tice has been pretty good, but Tice I don't think that's what you I expected. Thought. Tice yeah. has been better than I thought. I mean, that that's for sure. Right. The Brooklyn Nets, 42 wins in 2018, 19. They're they have 25 wins now. This number opened at 47 and a half um I, with the knowledge that kevin durant would not be playing this year i somehow don't remember maligning this one as much as we should have but we both went under obviously they're on a 39 win pace i mean they really have to go on a run to to even challenge this one i 47 and a half especially in retrospect is just way too high yeah i mean they they'd probably on be on pace to get into the 40s if they'd had better health with Lavert and Kyrie but even so they, they weren't going to hit this no. this over uh, even with perfect health so glad we both went on yeah I, I wrote in my notes that I think they get to 45 or 46 and even now that seems probably a little bit too high I, I'm with you that if Kyrie stays healthy maybe it's a little bit different but 
with the way that they played with him, I I think maybe that's they, worth two or three I mean, wins, not eight or nine you wins. You could also argue that some of the best basketball they played all year was early in the season when he was out. So. Right. Very true. <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets, 39 wins a year ago. This number opened at 23 and a half. Uh, I think we agreed that this was too high. They, they've outperformed uh, certainly what we expected, and, and particularly over that first month of the season. It looked like they might be a 30-plus win team. They've fallen back, as we expected. They have 18 wins right now. They're on pace for 27. I, I think they probably get six more wins the rest of the way to to top that 23-and-a-half number, but it, it could end up being pretty close. Well, they're on a two-game winning streak right now. Right. If they hadn't won those last two games, I actually think they would have a pretty decent chance of hitting that yep. under because, like you said, like they a lot of these wins were banked early in the season. They get rid of Marvin Williams, who was – Sadly, one of their five best players. Um, <laughs> three best players. Yeah, one of their three best players. So I'm not. I'm not gonna throw in the towel on them hitting this under. Still, uh, you know, they're gonna probably be playing more teams that are kind of throwing in the towel. So mm-hmm. there might be some some easier wins on the schedule. But I, I still think it's possible they could hit that under. I think they need to go six and like twenty two the rest of the way to hit the over. Wouldn't be shocked if they went if they it's, went five twenty three. I think it probably comes down to the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not willing to cross <laughs> this one off remotely yet. The Chicago Bulls, winners of twenty two games last season. This number was set at thirty one and a half. They are currently at nineteen wins. They're on a twenty eight win pace. I went over on this one. You went under on this one. Um, you were you were looking to be correct. Although I, I think this one is kind of the opposite of Charlotte, where I, I could see Chicago pulling this out. I mean, it's, it's not over yet. And once they get Laurie Marketing back, there's always a chance that they go on a run. But the converse of that is this team loses to terrible teams all the time. And even when Laurie Marketing was healthy, they didn't look like a team that was on pace to beat this over. My note is that I was skeptical <clears throat> about them getting the best version of Thad Young. I think that that's, that's borne out. But I also don't really want to claim victory on it because if you just get kind of normal health from Otto Porter and mm-hmm. Wendell Carter who knows maybe they're maybe they're on pace right. to beat this I didn't even consider the Otto Porter thing like he hasn't played in yeah. so long that I forgot he's even a part I mean, of this he, team he's such a huge piece for yeah. to make all the rest of their pieces fit because when he's out everyone has to kind of play out of position I mean they've been playing Chris Dunn as right. like small forward I mean he's arguably their second best player Porter behind Levine yeah I mean, I mean a, the way market has been playing like fully healthy prime like Otto Porter I don't know if he's ever yeah. going to be that guy again right. but uh you know, Auto Porter's best is arguably the best player on that team. A new app called No House Advantage is taking a different spin on fantasy sports. This platform offers daily player prop contests for cash prizes. Here's how it works. First, download the No House Advantage app and choose a contest. Then, select the over or the under for the six player props listed. The last step is to rank those picks based on your confidence in it being correct. The higher you rank a pick, the more points you earn when it's correct. The goal is to earn more points than the other users competing in the contest. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform. It's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Sign up now and you can receive up to a $20 match on your first deposit. Visit nohouseadvantage.com or find the app in the iTunes app store or on the Google Play store. The Cleveland Cavaliers, 19 wins last season. This number was 23 and a half. They currently have 14 wins. That is the second fewest in the NBA behind only Golden State. That puts them on a 21-win pace. We both hit the under on this one. 
it's going to be dicey. 23 and a half is, is a really low number. They're on pace for 21. Like I said, I mean, that they, they won a game the other night. So every time they win, this, this gets just, you know, I, I feel a little less secure about it. Um, if they bought out Tristan Thompson, that would be great. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, does, does the addition of Andre Drummond make you feel better or worse about this? I uh, guess a little worse. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I don't think the reason I don't like Andre Drummond is I don't think he helps good teams, but he could I, think he, I think he could take a terrible, terrible team and make them not quite as terrible. Right. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I don't I don't think he brings you from the 30 win territory to the 40 win right. territory, but he, he might bring you from the 18 win yeah. territory to the 24 <laughs> right, win territory. Exactly. The Dallas Mavericks, <clears throat> excuse me, Dallas Mavericks, 33 wins last year. This number was up to 41 and a half. They're currently at 33 wins. They're on pace for 49. I, I hope I have this correct. I took the over. You took the under on Dallas. I don't remember this. Yeah, you know, uh, I remember I kind of changed my tune on them, I think, after we did this. Uh, I, I predicted that they would make the playoffs. Um but I think that was after this, so I'm I'm really mm-hmm. ashamed uh, that it took me as long as it did to come around on that. Uh, yeah, I mean this was easy money out there if if you bet the over. I think they're gonna cruise to that, and yeah, I'm I'm ashamed, and rightfully so, James. Yeah, they should <laughs> hit that over pretty easily. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card, get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cash back, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Denver, 54 wins last year. The number dropped a little bit. It was at 50 and a half when we did the original podcast. They currently have 38 wins. They lost in overtime last night to the Lakers, but still on a 57-win pace. You and I both went over, and, and you wrote in your notes that this was maybe one of the more confusing lines of them all. Yeah, I think uh, I think every year people just look at the nuggets and they look at the point differential and they say, like, well, they weren't as good as they were uh, by record last year, so they're going to come back a little bit, and it never really seems to happen. I think uh, maybe part of that is the weird sort of home court they have uh, with at altitude. But, um, yeah, I mean, this was one that you and I both really liked. Yeah, I, I all I had in my notes was that they're the deepest team in the league. I You know, some of that depth maybe hasn't, produced to the same level that it did last year i mean a guy in malik beasley who is so valuable for them is now in minnesota and i guess part of the reason he was so valuable is gary harris was in and out last year and you know having him back i think has been a huge difference maker and that's that's something you noted you know back in september as well i will i will say i think uh i think that they should have been open to trading michael porter in a drew holiday trade at the deadline uh but 
I know that that's not what they they definitely were not willing to do so, but I think that they might have missed an opportunity there. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I think the general belief is you want someone like one tier higher if you're giving up Porter. But I, I, you and I are aligned that like Michael Porter's on pace to be a very good player. I, I don't know that he's ever on pace to be like a top twenty player in the NBA. His timeline just doesn't line up. Like like right. even if you're really high on Michael Porter, you can't tell me you think he's going to be a good defensive player. And it just by the time he would get to like defensive competency. I just I think that this this team's window to strike is this year mm-hmm. and you know maybe next year. I mean the the Warriors are going to be back with a vengeance probably next year. The I mean the teams in the East seem to be pretty steady as as significant threats to win 50 plus games. So I thought this was about as good a shot as they're going to have, so I would I would have gone for it. The Detroit Pistons, 41 wins a year ago, 36 and a half was the number. They currently have 19 wins that puts them on a 27 win pace and i mean based on how the roster looks right now i, I think 27 is probably pretty generous uh some of those wins came with blake griffin a lot of those wins almost all of them came with andre drummond neither of those guys are available um you you took the over on detroit so i'll let you uh state your case here uh i i, I thought they were going to just kind of be the herb cole bucks and, and just get to 38 wins every year um you know, who who knows what would have happened if you just had a perfectly healthy Blake Griffin, but it's not like we thought back when we were doing these that he was a safe bet to be healthy all season. So I I have no real excuse on this one. <laughs> yeah, all I wrote in my notes was Blake is not playing 75 games yes. again. And I, I guess I thought he would play more than like 25, but um, yeah, 75 seemed generous. Golden State, 57 wins a year ago. Um, obviously, a lot has changed for them. 47 and a half was the number currently at 12 uh that puts them on pace for 18 we can officially cross this one off uh you and i both went under on this one so props to us i don't think we were factoring in steph curry missing this much time but i i do remember distinctly talking about what would happen to this team if curry missed like five or ten games you know we didn't expect him to miss 40 games but you know that's kind of been borne out yeah and in my notes i said if if curry plays 75 plus games it goes over if he doesn't it goes under and for that reason alone, I went under because there's probably a less than 50% chance mm-hmm. that Steph Curry plays 55, 75 games. And knowing what we know about this team this season, like even if Steph was relatively healthy, like if he played 70 games, do you think they get close to 50 wins? Um, the rest of this roster. I, I just think Steph is absolutely one of those players that, that can just drag any team to respectability. I don't know if they hit the over, but I think it would have at least been close. It, like mm-hmm. if if you said 70, I mean, if you told me 75, I would actually say they probably hit that over uh, because, you know, you never know what they would have been doing like at the trade deadline. Like maybe they get, get some reinforcements. Um, you know, they've been kind of right. showcasing some of these younger guys and the, the whole season would have probably unfolded a little bit differently. So I, I think they still could have hit it. I mean, he's he's that good. Yeah, good chance Andrew Wiggins is not on this roster if if Steph stays mostly healthy. Uh, one that's going to be really close the rest of the way, the Houston Rockets. 53 wins last year. 53 and a half was the number. They currently have 34 wins, and they're on pace for 52. I went over on this one. You went under. I I mean, I have no idea how this is going to play out. I mean, they're they're kind of a completely different team now. The rest of the way, I I, I don't think they get drastically better or worse record wise. 
going forward. So, I mean, I think they probably end up coming in somewhere between 51 and 55 at the absolute yeah. max. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're on pace to go under makes this kind of like a 50-50 for me because I do think they will be slightly better mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the way than they, they were before the trade, but uh, definitely going to be close. I mean, I, I, it's funny how every single old school person hates what they've done, but none of those people would have thought this team was going to do anything in the playoffs without doing anything. Right. So what, what, what are we arguing about here? Like at least mix it up and see what you can do. Yeah. I think it was Rosillo who, or maybe, maybe Simmons, somebody brought up the, I think it must've been Simmons, like the Steve Nash interview mm-hmm. where he said, you know, back in 06, 07, like, I wish we would have just gone for it instead of doing kind of this half-assed version of run and gun. And that's basically what the Rockets are doing. So in some ways you have to respect it when nobody was picking them to do any damage in the playoffs, let alone win the title with, you know their previous construction yeah i, I love mike d'antoni so I'm, I'm happy he gets to go out with houston on his own terms russell westbrook's last 28 games by the way 30.3 points 8.2 rebounds 7.4 assists 1.7 steals 48 percent from the field yeah i mean that that's been well documented that this trade was kind of more about freeing up russ than anything else because he becomes like he becomes your non-shooter. Usually, your non-shooter is a big man, but in their case, not their, their non-shooter is a ball-dominant guard. Well, that's that's such a good way to put it. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, forty-eight wins last year. The number was forty-seven and a half. So Vegas not expecting uh, much movement there. They're at thirty-two right now, and that puts them right on pace for forty-eight. This is going to be another really close one. I mean, they they would have been on pace to easily get into the 50s before a six-game losing streak that coincided with Victor Oladipo coming back. They beat the Honest List Bucks last night, uh, arguably the best game of T.J. Warren's life, they, NBA they or otherwise. They played insanely well. I mean, that that was, uh, you know, that they were playing sort of like playoff intensity to try to snap that losing <laughs> yeah, streak going snatch. into the break. And, and also, I will say, uh, you know, I didn't think – Sabonis should have made the all-star team necessarily and I haven't watched a ton of Pacers this year but at least in last night's game to me it was just very clear that Miles Turner's better than Sabonis he doesn't necessarily have the counting stats Sabonis does but Miles Turner just affects the game so much more drastically on both ends with his ability to stretch and he's just such a force uh, defensively that I know he you know he didn't get the the all-star nod but to me I think he's more important to their wins and losses than Sabonis is. Yeah, 14, 10, and two blocks in 33 minutes last night for Miles Turner. You and I both went under on the Pacers. Um, This one, I mean, far too close to call. Probably comes down to the last week. The LA Clippers, 48 wins last year. 56 and a half is the number. Uh, That was the highest number. Um, Tied with Milwaukee, actually, was was also at 56 and a half. They currently have 37 wins. That puts them on a 56-win pace. Uh, You and I both went under. On this one, um, you know, I, I think I, I think I thought they'd get close to that number. I think most people, I think we were probably both expected maybe in the low 50s. Um, and your rationale, you know, that, that you brought up when we first did that podcast of, you know, guys sitting out, uh, Paul George being injury prone has kind of been borne out. And even so, even with, you know, with Kawhi resting, with Paul George missing significant time, they're they're kind of right on pace to, to challenge for the over. Yeah, they're having... <laughs> The I mean, everyone kind of badmouths the Clippers, uh, at least in terms of, you know, why are they being so kind of laissez-faire about this regular season? 
and they're still on pace to win 56 games. I mean, they're just really, really talented. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this NBA season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. Choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or the under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points. You can win a share of the daily prize pool. Thrive has over $2,000 guaranteed each day in prizes for its NBA contests alone. Use promo code RW, that's the letter R and the letter W, when you sign up today, and you'll receive an instant match of up to $25 on your first deposit. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Google Play Store, or by visiting thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. The LA Lakers, 51 and a half was their number. They have 41 wins right now after winning in Denver last night. That puts them on pace for 63. I think they probably at some point take their foot off the gas a little bit. I mean, LeBron and Davis both played 40 plus minutes last night. That's not ideal. Uh, I would imagine at some point they they try to curtail that a little bit down the stretch, but LA should should be well on pace to to get at least into the the mid fifties. You would think. Yeah, I dead wrong about this one. Uh, this is actually another one like the Mavericks, where I think I sort of came around a little bit on them, maybe after the pod. Yeah. Or after, well, I mean, you wrote in your notes if if LeBron and AD combine for 150 plus games, they hit the over, and they're going to be right around there. Yeah. Now, if I really don't want this to happen, uh, but if like LeBron were to miss, say, I don't know, fifteen games, twenty games for some reason, I think they could actually still go under because they just need LeBron <laughs> so much. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, when when him and AD are out there, they're definitely a sixty-plus win team. Yeah, I, w- I went over on that one. You went under. I, I don't remember feeling great about it though. Um, that was a good line by. Uh, Vegas to uh I mean that to me that was a a pretty aggressive line by them and I thought some of it was just because you know people are always going to bet the Lakers over but uh yeah good by them to put it that high some books uh, I'm looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook right now are offering updated win total bets only on two teams on the Lakers and the Knicks and the Lakers number is at 59 and a half right now and that's that's the favorite to go over uh their schedule I believe is tougher than it yes. than it was earlier in the season, so that's something to consider. And they've struggled against some of the better teams in the league. Uh, I mean, they lost to Philly recently. They lost to Houston. They're zero two against the Clippers. They lost to the Bucks. Um, so yeah, I, I think probably somewhere between like fifty six and sixty one. Yeah, you know, I, I highly doubt they'll stay on course for sixty three. I'd yeah, you know, I'd probably bet the under just because of what I said. Like it just. All it would take is for LeBron to miss like five games, and they'd probably the under on fifty nine and a half. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Memphis uh, twenty five and a half was the number. They're already at twenty eight. They've smashed that over. We, we both went. We, we both went wrong. over, or both went under. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't feel terrible about this one. I feel bad about some of my other picks. This one, I, nothing. I, I, I mean, nothing about what's going on was what we expected. Morant's been much more effective it, wins and loss wise. It would have been a hell of a call to like say I think. John Morant's going to be this good as a rookie. It yeah. just would have also been really out there because rookie point guards are almost never this good. I think he's still had kind of an underrated season just because of how insane this <clears throat> is to do what he's doing. People are very upset that he was not chosen as the Lillard replacement. 
Well, here's the thing. Like Booker should have already been in. Right. And no I, I think no it would have been I think it would have been awesome if they could have found a way to get Ja into the game. Right. But you know, their mistakes were having like Ingram in ahead of Booker and uh Westbrook in ahead of Booker. Like right. those those mistakes shouldn't have happened in the first place and then maybe we could talk about Ja Morant. If Chris Paul were to tweak his hamstring tonight against New Orleans, would, would Ja be next up to you if you have to pick a guard? Oh, uh I'd l- <laughs> He'd be my pick just because I think he's just born for the All Star. Oh my game. god, yes! Uh, but he should I get don't. the he should just get like the Dwayne Wade slot this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I they should. Oh man, it's too bad. Uh, well, actually, no, they wouldn't have to do it by conference. They should just put Zion and Ja in the game just as kind of like a commissioner's choice yeah, thing, right. just to kind of increase the eyeballs yeah. on the game. I I'm more excited for the All Star game, but this Rising Stars game is going to be one of the best in years just because of those two. Right. The Miami Heat. 39 wins last year, 42.5 was the number. Um, they are on pace for 53. They have 35 wins right now. Should pretty easily hit the over. You went over. You said you loved this over. I went under. I, I really don't remember what my, my reasoning was. I, I think I was worried that they would miss Josh Richardson, which has not been the case whatsoever. I, I guess I did not expect Tyler Hero to be this good. Did not expect Duncan Robinson to be playing 30 minutes. Did not had never even heard of Kendrick Nunn at this point. <laughs> um, so I was just completely wrong on Miami. Yeah, I, part of the reason I liked the over was just getting Whiteside out of there. It was just so huge for them because, uh, you know, obviously I'd like Bam out of bio. Didn't think he was going to be this good, but just the Whiteside is uh, like Jackie McMullen calls him the cooler. I think that's 100 percent right. He just. Wherever he goes, you lose more games than people expect you're going to lose. And his numbers are so good too; it just doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, just I, 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 a player choosing a team and an organization, I don't think there's ever been like this awesome of a free agency fit than just Jimmy Butler with Pat Riley and mm-hmm. Eric Spolstra. Milwaukee fifty six and a half was the number there at forty six, even with the loss last night. Still on pace for like sixty nine point something something wins, rounds up to seventy uh we both went over on 56 and a half they'll pretty easily cruise to that you would think as long as Giannis stays healthy and even if he doesn't yeah i mean i think they still do i think they would hit it if yeah if Giannis didn't play another game yeah i mean especially with just a lot i mean being in the central division getting detroit a couple more times cleveland um chicago uh my question to you do they get to 70 do they care if they get to 70 I know Bill Simmons is very, very in on them, like challenging oh. for 72, 73. I, I just, I don't uh, think they get there. No. Um, I definitely don't think they care. Uh, I think they, I think they might get to 70. I don't think they're getting to 72. Um, so Winning this, last night would have been big. Yeah. I mean, you're also just going to have, an extremely well-rested Giannis coming out of the break. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Marvin Williams edition was awesome. That you know they're going to be getting George Hill back. I I would take the over on like sixty-seven and a half. Um, oh yeah, for know, sure. I think they're. I think they'll get close to seventy. I think if if Brooke Lopez starts playing a little bit better offensively, that's kind of been the lost yeah, thing for them this year. He's and been he terrible on offense. He's been great on defense, but like the last week or two right. he's gotten he's been playing a lot better and that would be very huge for them. I mean his his three point shot's been kind of broken, especially early in the season. Yep. Minnesota, thirty five and a half was the number. They won thirty six last year. Currently sitting at sixteen on pace for twenty five. 
man, you and I both went over on this one. Probably, this is up there, probably my second worst pick. We'll get to my worst one in a little bit. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know what we were this, thinking. This was my, like, the other one I mentioned with Trey Young is I was just like, well, a healthy, well, I did say healthy and happy Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> probably has a Neither 35 win floor. Uh, he's been neither of those things but um to be fair he was basically an 80 to 82 game player every other year so like true. health was not a concern I, but i don't even think like if he hadn't missed a game would they even be on pace to hit this over i Mm-mm. it's uh really kind of pathetic when you're as talented as he is to not be able to yep win more games by yourself than, than he's been yes able to. i have nothing else to say about the timberwolves New Orleans, 39 and a half was the number. They're at 23 right now. That puts them on pace for 35. I mean, as far as teams that are on pace for a certain number um, and could go significantly higher, I think New Orleans is in that category. They, it's not like they've been like undefeated since Zion came back, but it's clearly a different team. Their ceiling, I think, night to night, like we saw the other night against Portland, just dominated every single second of that game, is much higher than it was a month ago. You know, Do they get to 40? that's going to be close i I would say i think they they definitely get over 35 which is again Mm -hmm. what they're on pace for but um we both went over on the pelicans i I think i kind of bought in to a lot of the hype with you know lonzo being healthy zion obviously we expected to play more games and if he'd been playing the whole time i think it's pretty clear this team um is much different but none of this had to do with ingram to me at all no but i i do think we should get a mulligan because Mm -hmm. we didn't know zion was going to miss half the season okay yeah we won't count that that's a win for both of us (laughs) i'm all in on that the new york knicks won 17 games last year so of course the number was 29 and a half (laughs) they currently have 17 wins they're on pace for 25 they recently had a a little bit of a win streak that bumped that that pace up quite a bit um but I, i still feel pretty good about this under i do too they you know mark marcus morris was their best player and they traded him so i think they will uh easily hit this under once again betting the knicks under is is very smart all right two questions one do you know who the knicks head coach is right now what his name is mike miller mike miller not not that mike miller but another mike miller yes okay very good two explain to me in like 30 seconds as if i'm seven years old what's the deal with steve stout i know i've heard of i've heard him (laughs) mentioned in like rap songs from the early 2000s Uh, I can't tell you any more about his music career than like just what I like. I what was he Interscope or something? And He's some, mentioned in Fifty Cent songs, yeah. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he, he seems like a pretty good con man. Oh, big time. Uh, like getting getting James Dolan to give him to employ him for this this role is uh, quite a quite a move by him. Congrats to him. Yeah, I think popping them thangs by Fifty Cent is where I've I've the, the only time I've heard Steve Stout, and I saw him on, I guess it was First Take or Get Up or whatever it was the other day. I'm like, that's the man himself, and now he's apparently working for the Knicks. Uh, Oklahoma City, thirty five and a half was the number. They're at thirty two. They'll easily eclipse this. They're going to have a chance at fifty wins. We both went under. I think I don't think we deserve a pass on this one. No. I wouldn't go that far. We don't because of how much better they've been like if, right. if they were like just sort of close to getting this over i think yeah. we could get a pass but like no they're, they're gonna hit it they could have traded gallo yep. and stephen adams and they would still hit it so yeah. I, they'll I, hit it by the end of the month i said that cp3's availability slash trade situation makes or breaks this that's 
probably not even true. I mean, he, I do think he's been way better. Uh, I mean, this has been just an awesome year for CP3's legacy, I think, where he uh, was sort of written off as just this terrible, terrible contract, and yet he's going to drag this team into the yep. playoffs that had a line. Like, Vegas set the line at under 36 wins, and CP3 is going to get them to the mid-40s. Yeah, I mean, this team had was projected for fewer wins than Detroit this season to to kind of contextualize that orlando 42 wins last year 40 and a half was the number i I think that felt pretty fair uh they're on pace for 36 right now they have 24 wins i feel like i've seen less of orlando than any team this year i don't i don't know what's going on there they're they're probably the least appealing team to watch like i mean maybe that's not true maybe you know Cavs, hornets but uh detroit yeah yeah pistons i i said I said over because Steve Clifford is really good at getting mediocre teams into the bottom of the East playoffs. And, hey, he's probably going to get them into the bottom of the East playoffs, but they're yeah. not going to hit that over. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they hit the over. Either. I mean, it could be close. All they need to do is, like, if they, I, I don't have their schedule up, but if they play, like, the Bulls, Cavs, Pistons, Bulls in, like, a four-game stretch, all of a sudden they're right on pace yeah, for I mean, it. So they're, we'll better, they're better right now than they were, like, the first two months of the season because yeah. they've got – you know, Vooch like missed some time early, and Fultz has kind of really come on. So I mean, I mean th- Isaac being hurt killed them too. Right, right. Philadelphia fifty three and a half was the number. They currently have thirty four wins. I believe they're twenty five and two at home. One of the worst road teams in the NBA. Amidst all this turmoil, um, I mean, it seems every single week we have something new that's negative about this team. Al Horford's coming off the bench, and yet they're they're only two games off of of hitting the over on this. I, I went over. You smartly went under um my, i would guess they probably end up under 53 and a half but this one should should be another one that's pretty close it's yeah it's gonna be close uh they are i mean they're they're gonna have stuff to play for yep the rest of the way i mean they we talk about their uh home road splits i mean if ever there was a team that could really use home court in the first round, I mean, the Heat could easily bounce them with or without home court, mm-hmm. and so they, they kind of need every edge they can get. So I, I don't see them resting guys beyond just doctor's advised rest. Yeah, the nice thing for Philly is they can't really fall lower than sixth, but I, I think, like you said, I, I think they're one of the few teams that like really needs to get into that top four to feel good about where they're at. Although, I, okay, well, let, let's say... Uh, it, would you rather be on the road for that four or five matchup, um, or would you rather be on the opposite side of the bracket of the Bucks? I don't. I don't think Philly has Phil- earned the right to be comfortable enough to like be worrying about what true, side of the bracket true. they're on at this point. Like, I think. I think home court is a bigger priority. I also think they might even think that they have a better chance against the Bucks than they do against some yeah. of these other teams. No, I agree. I don't. I don't think they're as like fearful of the bucks as as some of the other teams in either conference yeah phoenix 28 and a half was the number for the suns they have 22 right now they're on a 33 win pace i you and i i think just kind of went auto under on them right yeah i i said they might have the worst defense in the league yep uh underestimating the wizards yeah. ability to be bad huge at oversight by you <laughs> but yeah i think just just wrong about this one and this was kind of the counter example of the hawks where just getting competent players in there to take the places mm-hmm. of 
incompetent players makes such a huge difference. This one could end up being fairly close. They, this team was 11-12 and 12 at one point. They're now 22-33. and 33. I told so you they'd be worse with uh, Aiden than without him. Aiden's putting up numbers. He might be the new white side, like <laughs> offensive white side. <laughs> um, Portland, speaking of, 53 wins a year ago. This number dropped all the way down to 45 and a half. Uh, that was, was with the knowledge, of course, that Nurkic would miss most of the season. And, of course, that has been the case. They have 25 wins right now. That puts them on pace for 37. They should pretty easily go under. Um, I remember taking the over and feeling really good about it. I was like, I was astounded that the <laughs> that these heathens in Vegas would drop them down seven and a half wins because Portland had beaten the over. Uh, right. This the same scenario had kind of played out two or three times in the last five years, and I, I kind of thought it would be business as usual. The main selling point for me was I, I just thought Damian Lillard teams win 45 games or mm-hmm. more easily. That's just what they do. It has not been his fault. He's been fantastic. He's having his best season, but the injuries, I mean, losing Zach Collins early on was, was huge for them. And I mean, honestly, a lot of their role guys, like Gary Trent, you know, has played okay. Nas Little's been solid. Um, but the guys, that they, the guys that they specifically brought in to be right. good have not been good. Right. Like they, they clearly tried to make kind of a big swing for the, with the playoffs in mind with that reshuffling of the mid part of that roster. Yep. And uh, I don't think it really worked. Yeah. I mean, they've gotten almost nothing out of Hazonia. They, Anthony Simons has not been terrible, but has mm-hmm. certainly not taken the step forward that they kind of needed him to with all the injuries. Um, so I, I think they pretty comfortably go under this. This is another really bad one for me the Spurs. Uh, number was 46 and a half. Did you skip the Kings. Oh, I did. I'm sorry. How could I forget the Kings? 37 and a half was the number for the Sacramento Kings. They have 21 wins on pace for 32. I went over, you went under. You're looking like that one's going to be correct and I think early on I could have I could have claimed like injuries were the reason for this, but I, this team is they're back to being the Kings of the previous 15 years. Yes. Like last year was kind of a referendum on the Kings in a positive way and things have just completely reopened and they missed marvin bagley but i don't think he's worth enough that that changes the over under they're bringing their second best player off the bench for some reason they their big free agency addition center is now back in atlanta debatable i think i think bogdanovich might be better and healed i don't know i mean either way it wasn't a good look to sign that guy to a huge contract and that was a bad contract that's for sure right kings are a mess they're going under spurs 46 and a half they're on pace for 35 uh-huh. This was this was my worst one because I was very confident about it. I think uh, you locked it in. Yeah, I I thought it would have been uh, my biggest lock if the Marcus Morris Davis Bertans thing hadn't happened. And honestly, they might be on pace to go over if they still had Bertans and Marcus Morris because uh, the guys they pivoted to after that have just been bad and slash useless. So Trey Lyles, uh, yeah, and did they bring in? Uh, was DeMar Carroll... He's on the team, doesn't play at, at all. Was that... I can't remember. Was that after that morris Burton thing happened? Or it was right around the same before? time, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I just think... Like, I loved this team when they had Bertans, and then I think I just was sort of stubborn about changing my mind about them after that happened, and, and he was so huge for them mm-hmm. last year. Uh, but this has just been a, a really disastrous season for the Spurs. I did not see it coming, but... Uh, death comes for everyone yeah i uh i wrote that i, I really liked Dejounte coming back Derek white obviously boosted his stock a ton at the end of last season and that just really hasn't carried over as he's, much he's probably been 
one of my biggest fantasy busts this year, at least white in or terms of white in terms of guys that I've had on teams because uh, he's been healthy the whole year and he's been playing the whole year and he's still just he's been playing like way short minutes, of yeah. expectations. Yeah, this will be the first year since 1998-99 that the Spurs uh, do not have at least 47 wins, which pretty incredible uh, no matter what, even if it's coming to an end in kind of an ugly way. Uh, my biggest miss by far was the Toronto Raptors. 46 and a half was the number after they won 58 last year. Um, they're at 40 right now. They haven't lost in forever. They're on pace to win 60. I think they very easily get into the 50s or the the mid to high 50s. Um, I, I just thought Kawhi would mean more. I know he missed 20 plus games last year and they they you know had a winning record without him. Um, but I, I thought Marcus All would, would kind of fall off a cliff. And even though that in some ways he kind of has partially due to injury, it just hasn't mattered. I thought Kyle Lowry would finally take a step back, even though he's been hurt. Hasn't really mattered. They're getting—I mean—they're kind of like the Heat in some ways, where they're just getting these contributions out of guys that, or are just castoffs to to every other team. I think the my my comparison was going to be that I think the the Raptors might be the new Spurs, mm-hmm. where they just are going to just pencil them in for fifty plus every single year. Kind of doesn't really matter who's on the team. Like Nick Nurse mm-hmm. is probably that good of a coach, and their system where they—I mean—they're they're scouting department is probably the best in the league just finding guys like terrence davis for for nothing uh yeah even they, matt thomas they bring in like the exact right guys that they know can like fit into what they're doing yep. and so I, I just think they're kind of this this uh regular season juggernaut going forward where you know you can remove a piece here add a piece there and it's probably not going to change anything yeah i mean it makes you wonder even if <laughs> I mean, at some point kyle lowry is either going to be gone or retire or just fall off and like i just i don't know if it's going to matter that much like fred van vliet well, might just be ready to step with, right in well do you think they're going to pay van vliet in the off season because like he's gonna i don't know he's gonna it's gonna take a lot of money yeah to bring van vliet back and that uh and obviously they are very very focused on trying to get Giannis in yep. a couple of years so i think that'll be something to, to watch for sure but I mean, like, I don't think this. I think OG Ananobi still has room to improve. I think Terrence Davis, like I said, is ready to step into a bigger role if they ever need him to. So I, even if they lost Van Vliet, you know, they might not be a sixty-win team without Van Vliet. But I still think they would they would win in the fifties. Mm-hmm. The Utah Jazz fifty-three and a half was their number. They're at thirty-six, uh, puts them on pace for fifty-five. Um, once again, I mean, they kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start as they have virtually every season. Um, Mike Conley basically been a disaster, although he's been a little bit better these last couple of weeks. You and I both went over. Um, I, I feel pretty good about that. It seems like a lot has gone wrong for them, yeah. especially the Conley thing. I mean, that's a huge, huge factor to go as badly as it has and to still be on pace to, to beat the over is pretty impressive. And Joe Ingles was horrible for like the first six weeks of the season. And mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of people... I think myself probably included thought Donovan Mitchell would be even better this year than he has been. So for them to still be on pace to go over is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this team doesn't have much of a bench either. So, I mean, there is a concern with them that if Mitchell or Gobert were to miss time, you know, that would, that would be really costly. But I think getting Jordan Clarkson for them, you know, was, was pretty huge, which speaks to how bad the bench was. Right. Like, that's such a big addition. <laughs> yeah. All right. We finished out with the wizards. 27 and a half was their number. They have 20 wins, which is probably more than they should have based on that roster and the injuries. They're on pace for 31. Uh, we both went under I, on the Wizards. I want to give myself a bit of a mulligan on this one because in my notes I said I'd go over if I knew Beal was going to be on the team all That's year. True. And 
this so we obviously did this before he got that extension uh so once he was kind of locked in i mean you look around the east and it's just there's there's teams where their best players not even remotely as good as bradley beal so um they're doing it in such a weird way where they just have this god-awful defense uh i i think it's hilarious that bradley beal's kind of publicly unhappy with how unsuccessful the team's been when they're about to go over the vegas over under <laughs> like we're actually overperforming bradley like what, what what were his expectations <laughs> when he signed this well that's yeah it's like these players like players are always just the the worst judges of talent like kevin love thinking that just him being there was going to make the Cavs competitive and bradley beal thinking that just him being there was going to make the wizards competitive i mean it just yeah. doesn't, doesn't always work that way uh, very true let's get into all nba real quickly i think we'll we'll probably push some of the betting stuff um although i do want to ask you about all-star game mvp uh give me your first team all nba as of right now and any any caveats you have in terms of what influenced your picks? Uh, Harden, Doncic, Giannis, LeBron, and AD. Okay, I have the same. I, I think this is a pretty easy um, five to pick, right? I mean, the backcourt, especially. I what's who who's like the most at risk well, of those? So, uh, I think Dame versus Doncic is really close, mm-hmm. uh, and it's. It's such a shame that just by the way the conferences are, he can't be an all-star starter. I mean, he's clearly one of the 10 best players in the league. Uh, might even be closer to top five than to 10. So you know, he's, on that. he's just really, really good. So it's, it, it sucks to not mm-hmm. include him. Uh, Doncic, you know, maybe when we get to the end of the season, we look at the games played and maybe you could you could swing it in, in Lillard's direction there. But um that one's tough, and then, you know, I guess Jokic versus AD is, it's it's not a runaway to me for for AD there, but it's it's not one that I have yeah. to think that hard about. Yeah, I like I said, I have that same five. I think if Doncic like re-injures that ankle again and misses like seven more games the rest of the way, I I think maybe Dame can take him. Um, although I, if they finish with a twenty win difference or fifteen win difference, and as far as their team, that might. I don't really factor in uh, team success for all NBA. Uh, I definitely do for MVP, but um, you know, if you're if you're clearly one of the five best players, ten best players, fifteen best players, and your team sucks, I don't necessarily think that should hurt you in all NBA. Agreed. Second team. Well, obviously, Damian Lillard. Since I wanted to put him first team, uh, and then I'll go Chris Paul. With the second guard spot, I think that he uh, is just still such a really good two-way player. Obviously, makes his teammates better. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the you look at the players, the rest of that roster, and like Gallo's good, Shea's uh, good, uh, Schroeder's been better than I would have expected. But like, you I got Schroeder on my third team. <laughs> you look at like players. <laughs> like six through 10 on that roster and they're just really just mediocre slash who's that guy like i mean right. it, he's really doing this with not the greatest cast of characters so i i want to reward chris paul and and put him on the second team okay and, totally fair and then uh and then Kawhi leonard obviously uh i'll actually go pascal siakam um with the uh 
next guard spot, and then Nikola Jokic. Or the next forward spot, I should say. Right, right. All right, I have Lillard, Ben Simmons as my other guard. Um, he's eighth in VORP, 12th in box plus minus, ninth in win shares, third in defensive win shares, uh, that, that being the main reason. Jimmy Butler as my forward, Kawhi Leonard as my other forward, and then Jokic, an, an easy choice at center. This would be the second All-NBA for Jokic. He was first team last year. Of course, Davis was kind of out of the running with all the games he missed. Kawhi was second team last year. He was first team in 16 and 17 over Kevin, over Kevin Durant, which, which I think is, is noteworthy. Um, but with Kawhi, he might not make a first team the rest of the way because of the games, the games played issue. Unless, I guess maybe when LeBron's out of the picture, that kind of opens up a spot in theory. Um, but if he's playing 60 games for the next five years, I, I think it's really, really tough to get a first team spot like that. Yeah, it's uh, he's such a weird player. It, mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting like how he's remembered like 20 years from now uh because of all the missed games but uh if he if he were to win an nba finals with a third organization right. that would that wipes it all away i don't i don't think if he if he wins it this year next year with the clippers yeah. i don't i don't think anybody's going to care or right. talk about the games played no. at this point he'll have a free pass to pretty much play as many yeah, games he could just not play until the playoffs uh so i have chris paul on my third team he him and simmons was it was really close i mean dame to me was a lock he's he's ahead of those guys yeah. if you're ranking all the guards but like dame and dame and Kawhi are in like a different tier yep. for the rest of the second team guys to me like where they're, they're right. first team caliber players there's just not room yeah for them. and even even Jokic to some degree sure. i mean you could argue i have gobert as my third team center that's you know i think the gap between like ad and Jokic and Jokic and gobert yeah is comparable yeah, yeah, yeah. all three of those are just locks in some order um, but for chris paul this would be his first all nba team excuse me since 2015-16 he hasn't made it any of the last three years due in large part to injury um and he was he was second team in 2015-16 hasn't been a first teamer since 2013-14 I, I don't i don't think he'll ever be a first teamer again but um, I, I agree with you that narrative wise, this would be huge for him. There's not a lot of guys at this age, you know, when you get into your low to mid thirties who go three straight years without making all NBA team. And then, you know, I think, I think even though I have Simmons, I think Paul probably has the inroad to making second team over Simmons right now. Yeah. I don't think the Sixers guys are going to be looked upon very favorably in when it comes mm-hmm. to award season. Okay. So do you have Simmons on your third team? Um, Man, it's so tough. I so I think I think Devin Booker is definitely in the mix. I think Simmons is in the mix. I think to me, uh, even Kemba Walker is in the mix. Uh, Trey Young is in the mix. Um, I'm gonna go with Devin Booker and Kemba Walker. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's kind of more of a more of a feel play i i know that there's numbers that you you cite that point to ben simmons but i just i i feel like you almost have to sort of penalize those guys for just how big of a disaster this uh has been from a personality standpoint where you can watch a sixers game and you might not even notice that simmons is on the offensive end of the court for like a two minute stretch because they just kind of do my turn, your turn type of mm-hmm. thing. Um, I think like you put Devin Booker. At, I don't know. I think he's just a a better player than his team context allows sure. him to be. But uh, I don't think you can really go wrong with any of those guys. And then uh, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton as my forwards, and Rudy Gobert at center. Okay, so I have Dwight at center. 
Um, no, I have Gobert center, Chris Paul, Devin Booker as well in my backcourt. Um, Middleton's tough. Like it, it, Middleton's not a name that when I started kind of parsing through and narrowing down the field, like not a name that I that even came to mind until you know I used like Basketball Reference advanced stats page to kind of sort and and start weeding guys out and he's at the top of a lot of these leaderboards and I, I think he's this year very deserving especially if he goes 50 40 90 um which i think i'll have a pretty good chance to do like free throw percentage might be the one that's that's toughest for him to to keep above 90 but i i think he has a very good chance to be third team and part of it too is like i don't know that there's another great forward option i mean i, I think it probably comes down to like him versus siakam and Siakam's missed time. Siakam was so good early on. Like Siakam's probably a second teamer for me over Butler if he's still playing like he was the first twenty games mm-hmm. of the year. But since he missed all that time, he just he hasn't been playing as many minutes. He hasn't been playing you know quite that same style. It's been a little bit more balanced for Toronto, whereas he was really the guy early on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the Bucks, especially if they get to seventy wins, I think that narrative probably boosts Middleton a little bit as well. Yeah, I mean, when we get to the end of the season, we'll see where where uh, Siakam's games played and mm-hmm. like Jimmy Butler's games played Sid. I mean, who knows that they yeah. could be flopped there. But um, I, I think Middleton, I, I think he's a little overrated defensively by uh, people in the national media because he, he yeah. sort of had that reputation like four or five years ago as a good two-way player. Uh, he He's probably their worst uh, of their core guys defensively, but just what he does offensively is just I mean he's in a very rarefied air in terms mm-hmm. of how good he is uh at shooting like I think there's doesn't he lead the league in like two point um or like jump shot percentage I think something like that there's I, I remember hearing a stat about who just all jump shots I think he might have the highest percentage based on what I've watched the season I will confirm that <laughs> I don't have the numbers in front of me I mean he's 38 point or 43.8 percent from three on five and a half attempts which is actually lower than last year and, and part of that's just the minutes a ton of his three-point attempts are uh, like contested off the dribble like he just kind of pulls up in, in a guy's face and there, so it's not like he's just getting all these mm-hmm. making a living on Giannis just kicking it out to him wide open a lot of these are when Giannis is on the bench and he's just running the offense only 72% of his threes have been assisted this year, which seems like a high number, not a very high number at all. I mean, it's actually, it's a little bit higher than last season, but for most of his career, you know, first five, six seasons of his career, 96, 98, 89, 89, 85% assisted. So, I mean, a lot of it has come off the dribble, coming off screens. He's just become a lot more dynamic. And even on just corner threes this season, he's shooting 51%, which is by far a career high and really, really impressive number. Uh, guys that that just missed it for me I want to find a spot for Russell Westbrook uh, and I think kind of like I said I, I think in like the real vote Chris Paul would would get the nod over Simmons I think right now historically uh, based on how this has gone I think Russ would get in over Booker right yeah even I though think, I think Booker's more deserving I think Booker and Trey will not be really considered right. because of the wins and losses yeah and then uh, I Trey especially that that allows Westbrook to maybe sneak in I think it'll be interesting to see who gets more votes out of Westbrook and Simmons yeah because they're both kind of guys where there's like a glaring flaw mm-hmm. of the same flaw although one of them uh shot a ton of threes earlier yeah. in the season despite despite that flaw yeah I think if there's one spot for Booker Simmons Westbrook does that seem fair? Right. Yeah. So wait. If you're assuming Lillard and Chris Paul for sure, maybe two spots for those guys so plus two, Kemba. Two spots for like Kemba, Simmons, Booker, Westbrook, probably. Yeah. 
I, I think there there could be some Lowry love at some point. I, I think Kemba could get in because I think the people, Celtics feel like they should have a guy. Yeah, and and I I don't think Tatum should get it over Chris. Uh, so I think that people will be tempted to put Kemba in, mm-hmm. in one of those guard spots. Uh, other guys that that will be considered Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, he's based like per minute per game. He's way up there on a ton of leaderboards. I, but I don't. I think people are just down on him and he missed time. I would rather I would put Bam in over like Tatum or Brown. Oh, yeah. uh, so like if if I needed to find another forward instead mm-hmm. of Middleton or Butler or uh, Siakam, I would go yeah. with Bam. I think I forgot to mention I have Bam as my other forward with Middleton over okay. Siakam. Okay. So Siakam, I guess, would be on this list for me of next up. Trey Young. Joel Embiid, who we've not talked about at all, but I mean, missed a lot of time. The narrative around him has been pretty negative this year, and frankly, I just don't think he's been better than those three centers anyway. Yeah, I mean, his his very best games have been better than their very sure. best games, but it's just you know few and far between. Yeah. Uh, all three yeah. of those guys have better records too on their team: yeah. Gobert, Jokic, and Davis. I, I don't think Embiid has much of a chance. Sabonis, Kemba, like you said, Paul George, we haven't mentioned, missed a lot of time, just hasn't quite been the same guys last year he's first teamer over kevin durant last season uh kyle lowry brooke lopez just because defensively 70-ish win team uh brandon ingram brad beal and demar Derozan, who sneakily is having a decent year shooting like 53 percent from the field just not shooting threes at all aren't they still worse when he's on the court i haven't looked into that i don't know I, 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 I he's, not getting, that he's not getting considered yeah let's, let's um, get real a couple a couple notes so this will be the end of a six-year all-nba streak for steph curry um and of course he probably would have made it if he stayed healthy eight guys from last season's all-nba teams almost certainly won't make it and i think kemba and russ are, are kind of on the borderline but for sure curry paul george Embiid, kd Kyrie and Blake Griffin I think we can say are pretty safely out and then Russ and Kemba could very well be out so there could be almost you know over half of last year's 15 all-nba players could be off so I I would imagine you know it's really tough to to go through and compile all this but I would imagine this is one of the biggest turnovers that we'll have in year-to-year all-nba absolutely and it's I mean it got borne out in the the all-star rosters there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, new faces there uh do you think um Yes or no on Ja and yes or no on Zion for making an All-NBA team next year. Ooh, next year. So you got to factor in the return of Durant and the return of Curry. That adds two virtual locks, you would think, if they stay healthy. Maybe maybe a healthy PG, too. Yeah, right. Maybe 65 games, 70 games out of PG. Oh, man. I think think the smart bet is no, but... It wouldn't shock me if they if one of them. I don't think both will make it. I'll say there's a better chance that one of them sneaks onto the third team, and I, I think based on how the league is distributed, Morant would maybe have the better chance. Even though Zion might be the better player, I think there's more depth at forward because I mean we're already quibbling over second and third team guards. You know, all it would take is one of those guys. Like Chris Paul could very well just not be in this conversation Chris Paul next year. Could easily fall out. Right. I, I think it, it'll be fascinating to see what happens in Philly because. If they split up Simmons and Embiid, I think Simmons would become kind of a lock. Like if Simmons just kind of, if they either got rid of Embiid or traded Simmons, I think Simmons would mm-hmm. become just one of these guys that makes it every year. And then, you know, I think Ja is on a track to make more of these teams than Trey Young. 
and oh, yeah. more of these teams than Devin Booker. So it's just a matter of when he starts mm-hmm. making them. And Trey Young has like an entire narrative that he has to reverse before he starts making these teams. Like he, he needs to put he needs to bring any team to like borderline playoff contention before he probably right. starts making any of these teams. Okay, two quick betting notes before we head out. Um, so you talked about the potential of splitting up Embiid and Simmons, and you know we'll see what what ultimately happens with that. Probably won't have a firm grasp until may but there are odds out on bovada uh earlier this week this this came out right after the Embiid butler instagram thing um but bovada provided odds for where joel Embiid begins next season and philly is the favorite at minus 750 you have miami at plus 1100 washington at plus 1400 golden state plus 1500 portland plus 1600 okc plus 1800 those were the only teams listed yeah, that's uh that's very interesting. I think to me what would uh like what would the Warriors be what would the Warriors slash Heat be giving up in these deals? Like Right. I, I think I mean if you're the Heat, you're kind of building that around Tyler Hero, theoretically. I mean, I think if you're Philly, you ask for Adebayo. I wouldn't. I would not even consider that if I was Miami. Right. I honestly, I'd rather. I think I'd, I'd rather, rather have, have Adebayo. Adebayo yeah, because of the availability factor. Right. And you're not trading Butler. You know, in this in this theoretical deal, I think Miami's included here just because of the Butler connection specifically. But it's yeah. tough to build a deal. And I don't I'm, think Hero's an attractive enough asset. And then money wise, like, what are you sending? Like the Goran Dragic contract. Like Philly doesn't want that. They don't want Iguodala. Then the Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't think that works. Yeah, I don't think that really unless works. they're really high. I mean, you could do like Hero, Nun, Robinson, and then a contract. But to me, that that would be a pretty underwhelming return for Embiid. <clears throat> I don't buy the Wizards one because, like, I get it. Like, it would be Beal, but if you trade Beal, don't you kind of have to just go all the way, like, and fully bottom out? Like, right? What What is that would be pairing? Awful. John Wall with John Bede gets you. That gets you yeah. like 40 wins. So Yeah. The Wizards uh, are kind of a head-scratcher for why they're included, but I think just like the ease of the Beal for Embiid swap. The Warriors, so it would be the, the Timberwolves pick and then probably whoever the Warriors draft this year. And then... Plus Wiggins? Wiggins, yeah. You got to make the money work. You're yeah. not trading Clay. Dr- right. Oh, Draymond? Um, I would hate that deal for, for Philly, but yeah, Draymond and whatever young assets you have. And then you go Embiid... Clay, Curry, Wiggins. Honestly, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna run it back. I think they're yeah, just gonna fire Mike, or uh, I think they're just gonna fire the coach and run it back. I. They, I think heading into this year, they clearly liked Joel Embiid more than they liked Ben Simmons, and they weren't even willing to put Simmons in those AD mm-hmm. talks. So. I don't see them doing this 180 this fast on Embiid, and I think that they would at least try to get a different coach in there. Yeah, you have to try that first, I think. If that doesn't work and they're still in the spot next year at the deadline, maybe. We're very, very close. We're like months away from everyone talking about Elton Brand as one of the worst GMs in the league because the Tobias Harris contract and Al Horford contracts look terrible. And, you know, that's... Giving away Butler. To me, that's like a bigger problem than... I think the Embiid Simmons thing is just it's never going to fit that well, but the fact that you gave those contracts to Harris and Horford just hamstrings you so much. Mm-hmm. Um that that's probably the bigger issue for them yep. long term. Portland I think is the most tantalizing because 
I mean, you could either say you send like Nurkic and McCollum for Embiid, and then you have a Lillard Embiid pairing in Portland, which I, I don't know how far that gets you, or you just trade Embiid straight up for Lillard, which Portland's not doing. No, but the I, idea of Lillard, Simmons, Harris, Horford, Richardson, I think is Lillard. Awesome. And Lillard and Bede pairing gets you pretty far, honestly. Like that's I just, the problem is they have nobody else. I guess you go Lillard and Bede, Collins. Do you really Mello? Mean... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it would it would be a lot. Uh, it would be a big bet on it mm-hmm. on Anthony Simons being ready to step in as a starter. Um, I don't know though. Like the, with the way that the season has gone for Portland, now I'm kind of talking myself into this. Well, like, I think they should definitely. I would do that tomorrow just yeah. because they're not doing anything with what they have they're right. at best like they peaked pretty much last year with yeah. that that group and that's true uh and beat has proven that he can be the best player in a deep playoff game and lillard obviously can win a playoff series by himself so i would just give it a shot i don't think i don't know how if you're philly you talk yourself into necessarily that being the answer but right. at, at least it gives you a guy who's really good at the one right. thing you don't have uh i think one thing to keep in mind in this scenario is it's implied that Embiid is like asking out so leverage isn't always there for philly like he's under contract you don't have to trade him but i think i think it's maybe implied that you you have to take a slightly lesser return because mb doesn't want to be there not that not that we know that now but yeah, that, i think in this scenario i think they have enough internal leverage where they uh certainly don't have to trade him i think that they you know a mccollum nurkic package it's i think it's a good package it's not it's not even as good as like these uh like the paul george right and uh like those with all those picks yeah like anthony davis like to me that's more of a haul than yeah mccollum and and Nurkic. well i think part of it too is if you're philly you're you want to reload on the fly and like still be competitive. Whereas those teams, even though it's worked out pretty well for new Orleans and especially OKC, I don't think that was always the plan. I think the reason OKC is included in here is just because they have the assets. I mean, it could be Steven Adams and like three first round picks. And then you have Steven Adams and Ben Simmons. Like, is that, (laughs) is that what you want? (laughs) But the picks, I don't, that's, I mean, I'm surprised new Orleans wasn't included on this just because they have all those picks too. That would be interesting. I don't know if, I mean, does Embiid and Zion work? I think, I think that in, I think that works pretty I think well. In theory, why not? Yeah, I mean, um, send Drew back. Yeah, send I mean, a couple picks. Give him, give him uh, Jackson Hayes. I don't know. Well, couldn't couldn't make the Rising Stars game. Do you even want that guy? <laughs> yeah, I, I like that idea. Okay, final thing before we head out: All Star Game MVP odds are up. Um, I, I want you to take a quick look and make a case for one or two of these guys. Uh. If I had to bet anyone, I would bet Giannis. Okay. He's at plus 400. Yeah. He's the favorite. I mean, I think he would have won it a couple of years ago if he had gotten to play a starter's amount of minutes. Mm-hmm. I think he's just such a stat stuffer that like he's going to have probably 15 rebounds pretty easy. He's going to have 30 points pretty easy. So just that right there gets you into the mix. Uh how you did know. he not win it last year? I'm looking at it. He had 38, 11, and 5 last year and didn't win in 27 minutes. I mean, it pretty much always goes to someone on the wing I guess. Team. I mean, Durant had 31 and 7. It was a, I don't remember him doing anything yeah. all that remarkable. Yeah, all. And, and Giannis is going to be more rested than yeah. all these guys. Uh, who would be a good, like, down 
Who'd be a good like long shot? I mean, not a long shot, but Westbrook at ten to one. He's won it twice. You know, he's going for it. Like I he's think just, it's, he's just not gonna get. I don't think he's gonna get the minutes or the shots. But uh, I, I don't see why not. I think he. How many of these guys really care? Not that many. Like, yeah, but how many times does a bench guy win All Star MVP? I mean, because you always the minutes always go like to to the starters, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I'm looking right now at the list of past winners. They're all superstar first ballot hall of famers the worst player i think in probably ever and in recent ish history is glenn rice won it in 97 everybody else has been like jordan duncan iverson kobe kg lebron lebron kobe like it's it's been a top five player in the league basically who wins it i you know i if if luke i think luca's minutes are going to be limited i think he would be in the mix i'd I'd cross him out i think he's limited um I just look at the list and I'm just like, why wouldn't it be just Giannis? I, yeah. Like, I mean, well, maybe maybe one of the Lakers guys gets it. Davis did go for like 50 in the All-Star game a few years ago, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. But that one was in New Orleans when he wanted to be in New Orleans. I, I don't know. I think it's Giannis. That's the safest bet. I think, yeah, I, Westbrook at 10 to 1. I think plus 400's not bad, actually. No, I mean, that, no. like, I, I could see making that. Yeah. Um, I, Harden at 14 to 1, maybe just because the volume will be there and, and he's starting and like Giannis is gonna have a couple of those dunks like where everyone just freaks out you know yep. so like he'll, he'll have a very memorable game exactly all right that'll wrap things up thanks for taking the time i know you're super busy with baseball looking forward to all-star weekend and we'll recap that next week Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.